Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, semi-finals week, spring, new Prime Minister. What an amazing week or two. How are we, gentlemen? Except the Swans got beaten. So all, all the uh, North Melbourne fans and others will be cheering, and I'm sure there's some amongst our listeners. We have a lot of good people from North Melbourne that uh, in the real estate industry. We certainly do, uh, John and Troy. And I noticed straight away, John takes the subject away from the roosters. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, I was, was going to say, Tom, I'm really excited to see that the roosters are the only. No, nah, but we can't be we can't be NRL, uh, NRL biased. We need to be real. <laughs> this is a this is a national or international podcast. I hope our good friends from New Zealand are listening on, which of course the World Cup coming. The World Cup's on now. Yeah, it's interesting. South Africa got beaten, as you probably heard, yeah. by Japan. I think like the the TAB service had them at a dollar one to win, and they had Japan at like fifty to one or something in a two horse race. It just shows you, though, doesn't it? I mean, let's bring this back to agency practice. You can be in there against the South Africa or the All Blacks of listing. Yeah, a young, or not even necessarily young, but a newbie with yeah. a hundred to one chance of getting it and you can still get the listing, just like the Japanese players, no one told them they couldn't win that game. Yeah. And South Africa, let's face it, they're one of the favourites, one of the great, the great international teams, and Japan's are, you know, somewhat newbies. So South Africa's oh. ranked number three in the world, currently. Right, right, On right. the IRB standings, they're number three. And, 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 and Troy, what is um, Japan? They're, uh, not that it really matters in rugby, well, because it's not be a heap of countries. No, they're definitely outside the top 15. So I think what we're really talking about, if we're going to make a comparison, I think we're talking about the letting clerk in their first week has gone out on a listing presentation against an agent that's probably dominated for 10 well, years. Well, a sales agent started last week and they're up against James Tostevin. Yeah. You know, James is the, the All Blacks of, of uh, or Ben Collier, the All Blacks yeah. of, uh, of listing. And yet, so new business energy, enthusiasm. So there's a message for the top guys there. One is you've got to turn up on your game no matter who you're up against. I don't care if you're listing your brother-in-law's property, that you know you're up against some person that's only just joined the industry. And on the other side, if you are the new person that's just joined the industry, anything's possible. We talk about on the podcast, Troy, all the time, anything is possible. David beats Goliath when yeah. David is on his game. So I, th- I think, you know, because we use a lot of, you know, we, we a lot of banter around sport, but there's a lot of messaging in sport. I mean, on paper, there's not one coach on planet Earth that would have picked Japan as a, as a group of players. Yeah. If someone said, you want that group of players in this game or that group? One being Japan, one being South Africa. Everyone would have said, oh, South Africa, are you crazy? Yeah. And yet the Japanese team, oh, I didn't see the game, but I heard a bit about it. They turned up and they were, I assume, hungrier on their game. And that's what it's about, being listing. If you're at a listing appointment today, if you're about to go one, to go to one, you can beat anyone on the planet if you're on your game. Yeah. And I've often heard people say, you know, I gave it to that person because they were so enthusiastic and sure, they hadn't been in the game that long, and sure, they didn't have the sort of network or the Rolodex that some of the others had, but I wanted to back their enthusiasm. Yeah, that's, I think that's... Well, this is going to lead on to our topic today, and uh, it's uh, important listings and sales questions. Uh, guys, I think that a good motto is that million-dollar agents ask questions, rookies make statements. Um, let's talk about... By the, the way, not just rookies, though, Tom because you're probably talking to sort of talent there, but a lot of uh, agents that think that they're top of their game almost, and they're like making ego-based statements all the time. Yeah. I think, you know, again, as a rookie, you can come in and just ask, you know, and we're going to go through some of them now. You can ask four, five, or eight 
incisive questions of a client, yeah. while the others are making statements, have you seen my awards on the wall, or you know how many, I've sold all the best homes and all the VIP clients use me, and they're getting so full of themselves, and then the, the new person comes in and says, you know, tell me Mr. Panos, there's a few things I'd really like to know so I can best help you, sort of stuff we're gonna talk about. Um, David beats Goliath. Let's, so, uh, John, your view on the typical listing presentation is normally set by an appointment on the phone. That's generally what actually happens. Right. Um, are those questions, uh, are you a big believer of asking questions on the phone? Uh, I think you can ask a few things to just, you know, give yourself a bit of a road map, but I'm not a believer in drilling into anything of any great depth. Um, reason being is, well, it depends where the relationship's at, by the way. If this is someone who's very close to you, has bought and sold for a long time, it's going to be a different conversation to someone you've never met before. So let's put that out there as kind of a practical, common sense approach. But I think if, if you're being invited in for the first time, um, I wouldn't be asking them, which a lot of people ask, is how many other people are you inviting? For me, that feels like from the get-go a defensive, scared statement. If I was a vendor, to be honest, I'd say it's none of your business. Yeah. And if I'm an agent, I don't need to know who's in there. All I need to know is I'm getting an opportunity to go in and get to understand a client and I'm so excited. So John, I'd love to role play this with you because a lot of people love the concept of how does a conversation go. So yeah. hypothetically speaking, I call you, um, hello, um, uh, John, my name's Tom. I live in Paddington. I'd like to get a, an idea of what my property's worth. Typically, over the next two or three minutes, how's that conversation pan out? What are you going to so ask So a couple me? of things I want to get from that, Tom, is, is I want to try and get a little bit of a feel before I go and meet them as to what they might think the property's worth. Right. Um, the reason being is, A, is it allows me to arrive better equipped because I can then bring the right comparables. Because, you know, every suburb's got million-dollar homes and three, four $400,000 homes. So, so what I would say is, Tom, you know, in order for you and I to have a really productive meeting, I'd like to bring some information with me so we can assess what's happening in the market. Um, just so I can bring the right comparable sales, could you give me an approximate ballpark as to what range you think your property might be in? And Eight, nine out of ten people yeah. say, oh, John, look, it's, I don't know, really. It's, it's, it's over a million. My neighbour sold for a million and fifty. I think I'm a bit better. So then I'd say, look, Tom, why don't I bring anything between one and 1.2 million to come and we can go through it, would that be a range you'd be happy for me to look within? And they say, yeah, that's good. Um, some people then say, John, I'm really not sure. I haven't been following the market. By that point, I've kind of either through RP data, Google Maps, or just in my own mind, I've worked out, you know, what side of the street? They're on the northern side of Paddington Street. They're at the, you know, the even numbers. They're probably, you know, sort of 14-foot frontage. I'd say, Tom, look, a lot of homes within that particular part of Paddington Street have been selling between... 1.5 and 1.8 million. If I brought that sort of price range wrong, do you think that's roughly going to fit? And again, most people say, oh, look, no, to be honest, I've got the freestanding house. My home's worth over 2 million, but I'm not sure how much over. So I, I, I notice you make a statement and then you finish it off with a question. Question, yeah. Because you, you want to feel what they're feeling. I want to get feedback. I, yeah. Again, you know, you said it before we started, Tom, around, you know, the statements that the, the novices get make statements you know you've got to ask questions and not and you don't want to get to a point where the, the you barrage them Troy with questions you bombard them to a point where it feels like you're being a salesman in inverted commas but you do want questions and when you're with a doctor you don't feel like they're you know being uh, you know uh, inauthentic mm. with the questions you think they're saying so Troy tell me about that how long's it been happening is there a, an occurrence in your family history with this 
They want to know stuff that's going to help them make a better diagnosis. Yeah. Um, so I think the same in sales. We want to ask intelligent questions. So I'd be saying, you know, I want to know roughly what you think it's worth. Um, are you trying to find out, John, who the owners are of the property, or you don't drill deep there? Do you ask who else do you own? I, I don't or? drill. I mean, I look on RP data, and yeah. it might well be the person I'm speaking to has two or three co-owners. I find it, again, a bit intrusive if I say, oh, Tom, I've noticed there's two other people that own it. Are they going to be at the meeting? Because, again, it's kind of like you've got to let them run the meeting. And yeah. if you know, we don't know, is it someone's died? That would be insensitive. Is someone getting divorced? That would be uncomfortable to have that discussion. Anything that's going to dig too deep beneath the surface, I leave till I get to see them. Right. One is that I, by then I've built rapport, I've connected, and I find the right time. Two is there might be signals I don't even have to ask the question. Right. You might arrive and you know the place is empty and, and someone says, look, I've got to tell you that you know I've just gone through a, a death in the family or something. Who knows? So you don't want to sort of dig too deep. But I think asking them a few questions, then I'd often say, Tom, I've just noticed on our records here that you and Sula have been in the home for about seven years. Um, can I just ask, have you done many major capital improvements on the home while you've been there? Because... If you paid a million seven years ago, and I know the homes have doubled in that area, that's yep. kind of going to give me a, a sense. If you say, oh, John, no, to be honest, I knocked the last house down and we've rebuilt, yeah. um, well, then I'm not really going to go just off what the market's done in the area. So generally speaking, what do you think it's worth? What improvements so I can do some research? Um, Time frame, I, John? Is that, is that a bit um, too early to ask? Um, the reason why you're selling and what time frame you're looking at? For me, it's not going to help me in my research anymore. The other two things can actually help me. They help me bring better comparables, and they help me make a sort of an assessment based on what's the market done. Um, I think beyond that, if I'm saying, have you decided to sell, uh, when, do you, when do you want to be on the market, those sort of things, at that point, they're good questions to ask down the track. At that point, I might then set up the barriers, and they say, oh, look, we haven't even decided yet. As I said to you, I'm just doing some homework, and then all of a sudden you've got someone kind of defending their territory. So I think you want to just keep them on the phone to build a bit of rapport. You know, you might even say, you know, it's interesting, Tom, you know, in fact, I think I sold your neighbour their property about two years ago. Do you know the Joneses? And you say, yeah, yeah, they're really good friends of mine. Yeah, next door, you know, in fact, they were the ones that told us to ring you. So I, I think if there is some points of commonality there that are obvious, you can kind of ask them a bit. But other than that, I, then I get off the phone, within 60 minutes get a pre-listing kit delivered, hand-delivered to their their office ideally if not their home the office is good because that's where they normally call from is from their office yeah. and I want the impact of it arriving quickly that's important um, and then I just do all my research and then we get get to the appointment which I think okay. we're going to talk a bit about today so let's so let's talk about it so you you, you you've built some rapport you've got some information um, you arrive at uh, 6 30 after your pre-listing kit got there four hours before that uh, what are some of the questions that are going to happen over the next hour at the owner's house? And do you see these questions happening towards the start at a sit-down discussion? Or are you moving through the home and looking at it as you enter the house? So a rule of thumb, if you're going to spend an hour, which most of us do with a client, and sometimes two, I would allocate around 45 minutes to information gathering questioning. Um, and about 15, 20 minutes to presenting. So that's kind of the ratio, three, three to one or, or one in four would be. Um, you normally, would, most would start with a tour of the property. 
so along the way, and I can't script this to anyone, but you, again, you're looking for interesting facts about the property, about the client. So it could be connections, it could be things on their bookshelf without being too intrusive. It could be uh, golf clubs in the corner. It could be they've renovated the kitchen. I'd, you know, I'd love to know who the architect that they used was. You know, what's that particular tile or material that's impressive. So I'm trying to gather some information along the way. Authentically and interesting. I, I see people, I was, in fact I was with one the other day and unfortunately it was one of my team and, and they kind of, we walked into this home and it was worth a lot of money, a lot of money and the agent commented to me, or they commented to the client, they said, oh, they think that this is really nice and, and I'm not saying it wasn't really nice but it wasn't a standout feature for a home of that value. If you had that in a million dollar home, you'd say, oh, you know, beautiful yeah. kitchen or wardrobe or whatever. So you've got, to, you've got to be thoughtful because if people pick up that you're kind of making some glib, superficial compliment just to, just to make them feel good, most people nowadays, they sort of start pulling back from that. So, so make a compliment because you mean it, not because it's a sales tactic. And if you know what you're talking about. Again, yeah. I've been in, in meetings over the years, Troy, where you're with an agent and they say something and you know that they've kind of like plucked that out of God knows where. You've got to know what you're talking about. So if, if you're not sure on something, in fact, there's nothing wrong with asking, saying, yeah, it's really interesting. I wish I knew more about artwork. I love that piece of art you've got there on the lounge room. Well, could you tell me who painted that? Something, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. If you genuinely like a piece of artwork, as example, and you want to know more, but don't pretend you're an expert on something you're not. Then you, you know, by that stage, you're getting around to the cup of tea, sitting down across the kitchen table or, or, or similar. So at that point, for me, the time is to start really engaging in understanding what are their goals, what are they excited about, what are they concerned about, what would they like to see happen next, what's in their mind's eye. So I'm trying to get um, you know, a think tank from them of all the things that they want to are, get. Are you asking early on in the meeting um, what is it you want us to cover today? Is there an, is there an agenda to Yeah, the so w w there's what I call two agendas. There's a global agenda and the specific. So global agenda is if I turn up to someone thinking of selling a house, likelihood is they want me to talk them through what I think it's worth, how it can be worth more, what can they do to add value, what's the options in terms of marketing and presenting the home and the methods, um, and how long is it going to take and how much is it going to cost. Those kind of half a dozen things. Almost every vendor wants to know that. Yeah. And I would say that, Tom, you know, while I'm here with you in Sula, there's, there's four or five things that are probably going to be important that I'd like to go through, and these are. Just so we cover off everything in the time we've got, could you tell me what else you would like me to cover today if there's anything else? So that's what I would call a specific agenda. Because you might say, well, John, it's interesting... I've got a bit of a problem because um, my daughter's doing the HSC and either we've got to get it sold right now or we've got to wait for three months because we can't kind of have it in the middle of her exam. So I'd like to know, you know what are the options there? What do you think the market's going to do over the next four or five months? Um, so I would add that as a specific agenda item and I'd kind of, when we talk about timing, I'd talk about that. And you might, you might also say, John, look, someone told me I should uh, retile the bathroom, so I'd love to get your ideas on that, would that be something? So they will generally unearth the things that are specific to them that, that we haven't covered in the global agenda. Um, then I would start talking through it, and, and a few things. First thing I'd like to know is, Tom, could I just ask, have you actually made the decision to sell at this point, or are you still contemplating whether you are going to sell or not? Okay, that's, 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 that's a quality question. Anyone listening there, 
Um, and John, it's an important question because it matters what you're going to talk about next, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of real estate agents that talk about the four-week marketing campaign to someone that's listing in 2019 at this point. C correct, exactly right. You know, for you to be able to prescribe the right next steps, you need to understand where they're at. And also, look, if someone says, no, we haven't decided, in fact, we're going away overseas for the next month, we want to think about it while we're away, I'm not trying to close them to get the property on the market next week. It kind mm -hmm. of doesn't make any sense. Whereas if someone said, John, we have decided, we've really just got to choose who, how and when, I know the game's on, that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm there to get the business locked up today because I'm the best agent for the job and I want to look after these clients. So I think doing that, and the words have got to be soft. I mean, you and I talk a lot, Tom and, and Troy, we talk a lot about it's not just the words you ask, it's the tonality, it's the pause, it's the intention. So you have to practice this stuff until it becomes so natural. Mm. Um, because I could say, I could be offensive and say, so have you decided to sell? In that tonality, in that kind of like yeah. carelessness. Yeah. Or I could say, Tom and Sula, you know, where are you at now? You've obviously thought a lot about this. Have you actually come to the decision to sell or you're still thinking about it? And one has got warmth and it's got care and I, and I want to help you. Because my, my thinking time while I'm there is I'm not there to get a commission. I'm there to help you sort through what you want to achieve next and get the best result. A lot of agents have got to get this whole commission thing out of their mind, this whole, oh, here's a listing, I want to get a listing because I want to make my budget and I want to make money. All I'm about when I'm there is I just want to help you. <coughs> and you can't fake care, can you? Very hard. I mean, people have got that radar up nowadays, don't they? I think, you know, if your intention is to make lots and lots of money from this relationship, um, you know, so I just think you've really got to go in from a point, I'm here to help you, whatever that takes, we'll do it. So I think you've got, it's good to check if they decide to sell. I yep. think the next yep. thing, and Matt LaHood has taught this a lot, Tom, to all of us on stage and in, in the office is, tell us about the last time you sold, how did that go? Because we might have someone who's irate that was had the wrong thing or at least they perceived the wrong thing done last time they sold or we might find someone who's a raving fan of the last agent because they did a great job doesn't really matter you just want to get an understanding of probably because that's the best indicator of how they're approaching the sale is how did they how did the last one go yeah and if someone said well the last three homes i sold were all disasters and the damn agents told me to auction they took big marketing checks off me and not one of them ever sold well you need to go gently yeah and that might still be a recommendation by the way, I, I don't think you should necessarily change your thinking just because someone hasn't had a successful auction, for example, but you do need to take it carefully. And I would often then, at that point down, well, and when I get to the point of recommending, Troy, I'm saying to say, Tom, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be a hard conversation because to be quite honest, the last thing you probably want to hear right now is I think we should go to auction. Having said that, I can't I can't deny that I think a home like this, in a location like this, in a hot market, that is the only way for us to guarantee the highest possible price. So how do you feel about going down that path again? I mean, you know, I'm sensitive that this has got to work for you and yeah. you've got to feel confident about this. So I would approach it, approach it you know, more gently. I was at one the other day and the, and the client walked in and they basically said, well, you know, we need to decide you know, when we're going to auction it. So they'd made the decision on auction. I didn't have to talk them into it. I, I agreed that it was the right way to go. But that particular client had already got to that space before I'd met them. So um, I, I think you've got to kind of find that's that a, out. That's a, that's, that's, that's a great uh, question. Uh, uh, how, how did your last sale go? How did it go? 
Um, yeah, um, and it gets a good conversation, doesn't yeah, it, Tom? You, you yeah. actually then get into it. Because what you don't want to do is, you don't necessarily want this to feel like a presentation. You want it to feel like a consultative conversation um, where you are their trusted advisor. You know, you don't go to your lawyer or your accountant and have them present to you. You go in there and you say, yeah, what should we do here? You actually want the client to kind of be saying, well, John, you're the expert. I trust what you say. You guide me. Whatever you say, I'll probably do. So I think you get to that point through, certainly in the initial stage, lots of questions. At some point, you clearly need to start making recommendations based on what you've heard. And those recommendations are your business plan on how you're going to sell the property. 100%. What's the roadmap look like? But I need to know where you want to get to before I give you the roadmap. If I start saying, well, Tom, you know, it's obvious we've got to auction this and I think we should start straight away, that's disrespectful because you might have reasons that that's not the right advice for you right here and now. So um, that would be the next thing. Then I'd be asking questions like, can you tell me what are, when you're choosing an agent, what are some of the things that are the most important to you? in the agent and the relationship we have the agent. And that's kind of like an interesting and slightly obtuse, open-ended question. Obtuse because it kind of gets people thinking, oh, what's important to me? Um, well, you know, and most people say something, or often many people say, I hadn't really thought it through yet. I guess I just thought I should have you and, and you and a couple of other agents in the air I'm inviting in. So what do you think should be important to me? And sometimes people have that and you have a joke. Um, and I say, well, you know, I guess getting the best price is always important, isn't it? So that'll be one of the things, and I think having a, what I might call a pleasurable experience, for me, that would be important because I want to get the most amount of money, but I don't want to have it upset our family, and I don't want to be distracted every day about it. Um, oh, John, there's another thing I've thought of. I think discretion's important because this is a sensitive time for our family, and I kind of don't want this splashed across the papers or you know the PR in the media. I want to keep this fairly private. So. I had one the other day that I was at, a similar one, and, and they were talking about inspections. And they said, you know, all the neighbours want to see this place, which is, you know, we're fortunate a lot of the properties we sell, Troy, are kind of interesting neighbourhood properties, let's say, that people do want to see. And I said, so tell me about that. And he said, well, I just know that everyone's going to want to come in and get and see it, and I'm not really comfortable about that. And I said, well, I understand that, and I can totally understand why you wouldn't be 100% comfortable and I think letting people in, making it easier for people to see the property is going to add value. Yeah. So if we do it by private appointment, we might get 10 or 15 inspections over the month. If we open it for inspection, we might get 75 people through next Saturday. Yeah. The more people we get through, the better chance we've got of maximising the price. Yeah. So I kind of hear and respect any concerns, but then I kind of also have to give them my truth, which is how they can get the best amount of money. Um, and you believe in that, John. You don't, you don't believe in the concept that, oh, if the client doesn't want to say that, I'll play along and play their game. If you feel that it's in the best interest of the client and it's different to their view, you'll yeah. actually confront that issue. Yeah, look, my, my job is to recommend to you how to achieve your goals. Now, again, the caveat is if someone says, John, I've just gone through a horrendous divorce and, and you know... Well, my, one of my parents has just died and there's no way in the world I've got the energy or the, the ability to go through kind of a full-blown campaign. I, I'm not going to start pushing them down auction. I'm very, but it's degrees. Yeah. Like when this, this particular client said, well, I'd rather not open for inspection, I knew that he wasn't emotionally, he didn't even live there, to be honest. Um, he'd built a brand new home. And I knew it wasn't. It was just kind of a preference and do you think we can get away without doing opens? And I had to sort of come back and say, I would recommend you 
that we do want. And the other thing is he was interesting, and I don't want to go too down, down, down it, but he was talking about expressions of interest yeah. as a method. So one of the yeah. things we talk about is method. And, and I said, why would you do that? And he said, well, I just figured it was kind of a little bit too expensive a home to go to auction. And then I gave him case studies, because interestingly, because it's above five million, and interestingly, the pre previous weekend, Troy, which was a couple of weeks back, uh, we sold five under the hammer for outstanding prices, all above five million. And I, when, I, when I gave him that case study, which is also a tip to all our listeners, you've got to be across what your whole business is doing, not just what you're doing. Yeah. You've got to know what all your colleagues. So I was able to then share with him, and he said, oh, really? He said, I thought above five million, you really, it was not worth auctioning. So I gave him some facts and evidence, and he said, wow, okay, well, that makes sense. So we went from inspect by appointment expressions of interest by the end of the meeting, and we haven't signed it yet, but just letting you know, kind of the meeting then shifted to um, open for inspection, on-site auction, yeah. and he's comfortable. Yeah. So, so often when people have a, an objection, they just need more information. A yeah. um, couple of other things uh, I would be asking about. I'd be saying, are there any particular concerns you have regarding the sale? Because I, I want to unearth it. And some people are uncomfortable at telling you what they're uncomfortable with. Right. So they kind of, it's there and it's sitting there and it's a white elephant sometimes and they don't say it. And I'd say, you know, is there anything at all that's keeping you up at night or causing you any level of concern when you think about the sale? Because if they haven't got any money to advertise, I want to yeah. know about it. Yeah. Because we might be able to find a different way or we might just have to accept that that's the current status quo so we, we have to go down that route. But not everyone's going to tell you that I haven't got the money to advertise. So I agree with your recommendation, but I, I can't do it. Okay. Um, so you'll ask that question. Any more questions that come to mind, John? Um, yeah, I, I would say, and I, again, I come back to our near and dear friend Matt LaHood around this. Words the effect of, Tom and Sula, how can I best help you today to get ready for the sale? What is it that I can help you with? Now, that might be, well, I don't know, we're so busy at the moment, we're trying to juggle everything and you know, we need to find a builder. And I, I would then say, you know, I've got two or three amazing builders that specialise in this area. Would you like me to come and bring one back tomorrow to meet yeah. with you? And we can talk through what you need and they'll have a quote for you within 24 hours, something like that. Yeah. Whatever it is that I can do to make your task of preparing and presenting the home and even contemplating the sale easier, um, I would, uh, I'm happy to do. So, and the other thing is the law of reciprocity says the more you do for people, the more likely they'll find a way and want to find a way to, to reciprocate back to you. So if you introduce your handyman and you drop them around some information and you take them to a few properties to show them what other similar homes have been selling for, you know, you're 90% gonna sign that listing up because you've earned it and you've worked hard and you've added value and they will want to find a way to repay that value add. So look, there are a few of them. Um, I mean, there's no limit on the questions, but yeah. hopefully our listeners today on, on the podcast will, will get a sense of that. They'll, if they like any of the questions that we've spoken about today, use them. If they, they want to change the wording, change the wording. I can only tell people what's worked for me and what I know works for most of our team. They need to then design what's going to work for them. Okay, uh, John, what I might do is get uh, some of those questions that you discussed and I'll get uh, some of the other questions that I've accumulated from interviewing million dollar um, agents. Put them on the website. Yeah, yeah I, I, I had uh, 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 Ivan Breshik I did a video blog with. He said to me that one of the questions he asks, he said he didn't ask it in his early stages, but he, he actually brings it up to people now. He says, 
I'm going to let you know we're a fraction dearer than the others. Would you like me to tell you now or later on why? Yeah, it's good. Well, it's yeah. a good question slash statement. Yeah. Because in a sense, you're positioning yourself, and I think it's a really good one, um, at as maybe a superior service and a little bit more expensive. Yeah. So I think it's a really good one. I mean, Ivan's credit. Ivan and Shannon and their team are very successful. And they ask. The other thing is, uh, I don't know if it was Ivan. It may have been in the video blog. He said to me, they ask early on in the phone call, John. Um, who referred you to us because yes. they're positioning right from the outset that we do get referred a fair bit. Um, so what I might do is just get uh, those uh, the uh, questions, pre-lease questions and some questions at the listing presentation. And now you were also my daily affirmations. Are yeah. you going to put them on your website? Yes, absolutely. So John Good. provided at the uh, Richard Branson uh, conference uh, last week his daily Wasn't affirmations. Wasn't that a great success for Glenn? Yeah, amazing. Seven, eight hundred people there. Great lineup um, of speakers, he, um, he including did, he you did. and I. Yeah, <laughs> the, rest so. of, the rest of them were damn good. Yes, so John and I were there, but uh, <laughs> they were there for others. But regardless, we gave him a plug on the on the on the on the podcast. So yeah, you should go to your website or Glenn's. Glenn's yeah, got it. They're on Glenn's as well. But I'll have the questions here at TomPanos.com.au and uh, your affirmations that you uh, you uh, say to yourself. Most days, join in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you've got it yourself in a great state of mind. And we speak about a walk in the morning. We speak about getting negativity out of your head, people, media, whatever. You've also got to be saying some statements that are, that are putting yourself in the right mindset. So, anyway, look, hopefully today, we did a lot of practical stuff today, Troy. So, yeah. hopefully they get a little bit of uh, using out of that. And this is the sort of stuff you can take to your next listing. That's what I love about, you know, when we have these level of conversations that, I'm hoping people are about to walk into a door in an hour or the next day if they want to practice it overnight and using this stuff. That's where the, 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 yeah. real, the real benefit is using this stuff, not hearing it, it's actually using it. So I really encourage everyone to kind of put into practice ASAP. Troy, it's good to see you. Grey suit, normally wears a navy suit. <laughs> Today's wearing a grey suit, <laughs> nice matching tie. You look a million dollars. John's wearing his blue suit. I, I'm wearing my, my, my black shirt. Um, not that it really makes any difference <laughs> to the questions you'll be saying at your listing presentations. But until next week, by the way, realestate.com, our sponsor on this podcast. I'm pleased to say, guys, that uh, Tracy Fellows is going to come in the next uh, a uh, couple of weeks, and Tracy's the CEO of realestate.com.au, and she's not going to go off and just tell us why they're a great company. Tracy's going to come in and share what she thinks are three or four great things an agent can use to make more sales and get more listings. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So thanks to REA for continuing to be a sponsor. Yeah. Um, they never paid us any money, but unless they <laughs> have they? No. If they no. have, it hasn't come Ooh. this side of the table. Ooh. We need to speak to Tom about that, John. <laughs> Troy and I, geez, I'll tell you what. <laughs> tell We're you doing what, our best. The boy who was great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next time. See you next week. <laughs>